What is up, wrestling fans? Welcome to episode number whatever we're on. <laughs> I think it's 574 of the Smart Guy Moment Smack Talk podcast. Hot tags of the week. We're going to break down everything we feel like talking about that happened in the world of pro wrestling, like the news stuff, the gossip, the current events and rumors, and so on and so forth, as we normally do here. I'm Tony Mango, joined by Robert DeVelice. Hello. And Callum Wiggins. Hey there. Uh, we got a couple things to run down here. A lot revolving around people returning to WWE and some non-confirmation of that. You know, he can do the the Meltzer thing. We we might or we might not know that there might be something or may not be that could possibly turn into a story and might not. <laughs> you got a real stick up your ass for it this week. It's it's bugging me so much that that's like that that's you know reporting news <laughs> but we're also going to give you the breakdown of the finals of the champs giving tournament we're going to talk about somebody who was released from wwe after being stupid and doing something that yeah i could see why you know and talk about the tv recap and stuff so as per usual here we want to know what you have to say about all these topics so drop your thoughts in the comments below and while you're over there on youtube if you're of course watching this on youtube Make sure to hit all the good buttons that go along with it, like the like button and the share button and the subscribe button and also the join button that you can find over next to the subscribe button, which gives you access to the same things as the Patreon. Patreon.com slash moment is where you can find that. Get the dark cast tier, get the pick your poison tier where you can make sure that we do something that we maybe have on the back burner that you really want us to do or just a brand new topic idea that you have in mind. Uh, yeah, also have the little thanks button. That's kind of like a little tip jar. It's, you know, effectively, if you're missing out on the super chats, you can do that while you're listening to this after the fact. You also have Redbubble and Public for merchandise, which I'm pretty sure at this point, all of the designs and all of the products on Smart Gun Moments, Public and Redbubble, and the ones for Fanboys Anonymous, and the ones for A Mango Tees, I think everything is on sale for the rest of the month. So now's a good time to pick something up if you want to get like a t-shirt or no, I probably have like oven mitts at this point. It's almost everything. It seems you can slap one of these logos on and all. And, uh, you know, keep in mind that anything that you do to help support us goes a long way. It not only is a big morale boost, but it's also something that makes sure that we can keep doing content and keep bringing you apparently over uh, a limit of what 99% of other sports podcasts do according to Spotify. So we're giving you a lot, and if you think that we're at least worth, per month, a buck, consider donating to at least that $1 tier. Also, keep in mind that we've got the fan feedback survey up right now on the website. So if you go to the sidebar of smartcomoba.com or any other pages that you can see on there, or check the link that's up on your screen right now, it's a, uh, it's a Google form, and it's you know something you can fill out pretty easily. It's just usual stuff that i do at the end of the year let me know what things you really liked what things you think we can improve on and what you um what you do when it comes to your listening habits for this or if you just read the articles if you just read the articles you're not listening to this podcast to know the information but hey maybe you are somebody who's just tuning in for the first time or something but you know all that information goes a long way as well in helping me figure out a good game plan for 2023 so go ahead and vote on that while you can and we will break that down at the end of the year around the January something mark. I don't know, with 28th of December. We'll figure it out. My favorite January day, January something. January something. It's it's good. It's better than like the 12th. 
I don't know, the random number. <laughs> so let's get into these hot tags. Let's start talking about stuff. Let's uh let's talk about the Champs Giving tournament to um you know kind of recap what happened over the holiday. The finals for that was the WWE Cruiserweight Championship against the Hardcore Championship to determine the winner of this year's would you bring back any of these titles that have been retired? And whatever this to, I think probably no surprise is the hardcore championship. It was a uh, 70% of the vote going in that direction. So not really a close race by any means. And uh, this played out kind of as I was expecting that it would overall. I'm not too shocked about any of the results. What about you guys? Yeah. The hardcore title will always be one of those belts. That is just a fan favorite. It's revered for the era that it was attached to it. I think the Cruiserweight title is obviously great for the more technical wrestling side of things. But then again, with so many Cruiserweights or people that would previously class as Cruiserweights, wrestling at higher levels or wrestling for world championships, it doesn't really have the same niche that it used to have. So the hardcore titles can still have that... um, that specific audience, that specific style attached to it, which means that it could be special in today's era. So I looked through the previous rounds to try to figure out, you know, the biggest landslide, the closest call, et cetera. The, um, the tightest race was a three vote difference between the cruiserweight and million dollar title. Biggest landslide was in round two cruiserweight beating the light heavyweight with 84.2% of the votes. So this seems like it was very much where does cruiserweight fall in the tournament while the hardcore was just like, yeah, we're just going to win. And I'm not too, too shocked, but I thought that this was a decent enough champs giving tournament, something a little bit different from, you know, we keep trying to change it up a little bit here and there. And I didn't want to do another one of those, you know, vote for the champion. And then everybody just votes for the person that they like the best instead of the championship reign or anything. So I think we might do more of these going forward. And I know that one thing that I've had in the past that I've been sitting on the back burner for is ranking title belt designs. So we might do that next year, but uh, kind of depends. It's kind of more difficult to do that because I have to create all the graphics and I have to make sure that they all line up correctly. And, you know, it's just a lot more work. So maybe we'll do something else. I don't know. If you have any suggestions, leave those thoughts in the comments below and When it comes to around September or October of next year, we'll kind of hammer out the details for that. But thank you to those who voted on the Champs Giving Tournament. And, you know, next time around, we'll have another Smart Madness. And I have no idea what that is going to be at this point. We'll figure that out around like February or so. Um, That's the tournament out of the way. We uh, are moving on to that very end of the year stretch of things, which is why we have the feedback survey and all. But let's talk about some of these other hot tags that we have going on. Uh, Let's talk about this release. Uh, I still don't know how to pronounce her name, so apologies if I get it wrong. Uh, Katsali. It's Katsali. It seems like that would be. So Katsali. That's what I'm going with. uh, Was released from WWE. We got confirmation about that. After this live event incident that happened in Mexico. And for those who don't know about it, she's friends with somebody who has a YouTube channel. And he, I believe he's like a prankster YouTuber. And she, for some reason, had the idea that 
he should come out and kind of jump the barricade and try to do some sort of an angle and didn't bother to clear it with anybody. So Byron Saxton and some other people were assuming that this was just a fan that was jumping into the ring and she was trying to tell them to stop and that this is just like, you know, part of the show, which she doesn't have the creative control for that. And I'm assuming in her mind, she thought that this was going to be like this super fun, interesting, we went outside the box type of idea, but maybe you need to get approval of those ideas. And, you know, the fans don't need to be in on it. They can be shocked, but you need your coworkers to know that it's not some crazy person that's just going to run and, you know, jump them or something. So I'm not at all surprised that she got released. This seems like she would have had this gig for seemingly however long she would want it without something like this happening because she's been there for a few years and, you know, WWE now translated into Spanish is something that they're, they're not going to just get rid of that. So I think this is one of those uh, play stupid games, win stupid prizes types of deals. What do you guys think? I had no idea about this until yesterday. Did I send it to you? And yeah, I didn't know. Sounds stupid. Sounds like she was just in over her head. But uh, I'm sure she'll be just fine making other kinds of content. Some OF. <laughs> yeah, she's fucking dumb. <laughs> quite obvious, obvious it's quite 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 i um yeah there's not really much else to add to that really that's a a really really dumb way to end to leave a pretty cushy gig it seems like from all intents and purposes like she's been there for a while see i mean no one really knows well no one from our side of the viewing audience knows who she is right and i don't know why she would think this is worthwhile doing like does she want to like Again, you have to let people know this if you are going to do this. That's rule number one. But secondly, like, just why do you want to do this? Like, what's what's what is kind of the benefit to you if this if this all what was the end game for her? I'm assuming it was just she thought it would be a fun thing to do with her friend. So there isn't really much of a uh, justification for it. <laughs> and it's like. That's fine. Like, look, I'm not against the idea of her doing that. It's just, I'm sure that, you know, they could have cleared this. That's it. Just clear it. Mm-hmm. Well, it, it goes beyond that. It's a case of that's, I mean, even though it's not like strictly her place of work, it is the company that she works for. And just saying, like, oh, this would be fun to do something with my friend here. Sort of like going backstage and meeting the wrestlers. It's like, hey, I'm going to, why don't you insert yourself into the show and do something absolutely like crazy to try and get a reaction? It's like, well, yeah, of course that's going to get you fired or get you reprimanded. It's why, like, it's not like, in my place of work, I can just say to a buddy, hey, why don't you come around and just sit on the photocopier for, like, <laughs> for, for half an hour or whatever, and no one will get annoyed about this. No one will get annoyed about that whatsoever. So it's like, yeah, I'm going to get punished for it. I'm going to get at least a stern talking to, if not just chucked out entirely. Like, how fucking dumb do you, have, do you want to be? Especially, with a, especially considering how many incidents there have been of people jumping the barricade and trying to attack a wrestler. Or attack anybody around ringside. That's just yeah, 
It's not Impractical Jokers. As right. Much as Impractical Jokers actually like professional wrestling. Now, like, one well, one report that I'm seeing was um, this guy's name is Fallbach. I don't know if I'm pronouncing it correctly, but it's F A L B A K. So, Fallbach. Maybe Fallbach. <laughs> it's like a Ryback's brother. Uh, Fallback. But um, he supposedly, according to this report, had wanted her to give him a shout out, which is like, that's one thing, you know, to be like, Hey, you know, in the crowd tonight, there's this YouTuber. Check them out, everybody, because it's a you know a live event. Nobody really cares, and that's just shout out to that person. There's no problem with look at the kid in the row with the John Cena hat. He's a fan. It's you know that's perfectly fine, but he had wanted to be also giving her a gift, and wanted to get into the ring, declare his love for her, and steal a kiss from her. Right. So. There, are, it it just seems odd that they thought, okay, let's totally do this on this event, you know, conducted by this multi-million-dollar industry. Like, why you're not that special? And, and she's good at what she did. Yeah, I mean, she seemed like she was fine. I don't watch the show because obviously it's I watch Spanish. a lot of the Spanish things for the pay-per-views because they do English interviews. So I've seen her work. She's hmm. fine. Like, just stupid. Well, it's even more stupid to think he wanted to do this as a publicity stunt, but it's not televised. <laughs> so <laughs> what's the, you know, the big reaction going to be if only the people that are in that area for that show that night are going to really, if they're paying attention, you know, they're not getting some kind of concessions or they're not just like, talking to the friend next to them or something. There's a very low amount of positive that can come out of something and a very high amount of negative, like her losing her job. And it very easily seems like it could have been a situation where even if she wasn't necessarily in on it and it's just her friend doing that and then her being like, Hey, don't do anything. It's my friend or whatever. She could have at least been like, yeah, I didn't plan that. I'm sorry that my friend did this, that I didn't tell him that he could. But if she told him that she that that was a good idea or whatever, I'm surprised it took him this long to release her. And uh, yeah, lesson learned. Hopefully, <laughs> I'm yeah, sure they'll find somebody else. It's not uh, a job that requires a certain amount of skill level when it comes to like, okay, you need to be able to do these flips on uh, in this capacity in the ring or whatever. You need to be personable and you need to speak spanish and english and be a news anchor so there's probably thousands of applicants that are trying to jump on this and eventually when we figure out who that person is if we do then we'll see how they are but i at this point i can't keep track of who's still employed in wwe like i was going through my end of the year awards and just trying to get the like the full breakdown of all the different people for the broadcast personnel award and i don't know like is nina Wu still employed i don't know who that is tony <laughs> she is the uh whatever they call the one that's wwe now but for china i believe and uh china with an eye not china like joni um i'm pretty sure that francesca brown is not employed in any capacity i still don't know what's happening with sarah schreiber but maybe she's on like digital stuff and there's a whole list of everybody. Like, I know I've seen Jackie Redmond on some post uh, pre-show panels and all. 
I don't know about Natalie Mamo. I don't know about uh, Alba Staki from is the Waluha. Is that still even a show? They just <laughs> hit 100 episodes. So you put some respect on Waluha. No. Right? <laughs> no, I'm not. <laughs> um, you know, Scott Stanford, I know, still does a whole bunch of things, but you made a Sanchez for Saturday night. I don't even know if Saturday night is still a show. Uh, Mandanka from WWE Now India. I'm assuming that that's still a thing. You know, but every time I try to click on it. You know you're the only one that cares, right? Yeah, you but know it, you're the only one that cares. But I just wrote up a whole article about how uh, it, it'll be coming up in the next week on Bleach Report for anybody who's interested about things that I would change in WWE. And there's one of the slides is can we just have some clarification of like, can you put all the shows on the shows page? Can you put the names of people on there? Can you clarify if the heritage cup is a thing anymore? Like you've got lots of people employed. Just say it. <laughs> it, it baffles me. So I don't know who's going to replace her. I'm probably not going to have any real uh, interaction with that person whatsoever, but it's an interesting story because it's one of those like, it never would have been a thing if you didn't do something stupid. And uh, hopefully she bounces, bounces back in a different way. I don't know. But as far as people leaving WWE, coming back, leaving other companies and stuff, that's what we got. The bulk of some of these other stories are going to be tied to. One of them is that Eric Young is rumored to be coming back to WWE because they killed him off on Impact. <laughs> so you guys saw this. Fill me in. What what happened? So at the end of the latest episode of Impact Wrestling, there was a video package kind of I guess you would I guess you would describe it as cinematic type approach between Eric Young and I believe it's Cody Diener? Oh, Cody Diener, yeah. I always get confused between the two brothers or cousins or whatever they were. Anyway, it was Cody Diener and so they were both uh, faction members of Violence by Design. And the whole segment was built around just Eric was a mixture of berating him, but trying to get, like, I guess, trying to fire him up as well at the same time. And then Cody got really angry, got really aggressive, very young. They fought and then he stabbed him <laughs> with an, a shank or some, or some, or, or some knife of the right description. And, yeah, Impact has a reputation for killing off people before they moved to another promotion. They did that with Ali when she was uh in, when like she was stabbed in the neck <laughs> in the in the multiverse thing that they have with Rosemary and Father James Mitchell and all I'm that sorry. stuff. Uh they shot Johnny Bravo. He didn't die though. No, he didn't die. But but, but Taya Valkyrie did go to jail for mm. a while. But she was Frankie Monet. Yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, so that happened. They pushed Mickey James in front of a train. My favorite. That uh, will always be my favorite. I yeah, gotta find these. <laughs> I gotta see these. Oh, that was James Storm as well. James Storm just kicked Mickey James off of a train, uh, off of a bridge over a train, and the train hit her. And apparently she died. But uh, she's fine now because she's wrestling. She's gonna be wrestling for the World Championships, well, the Knockout Championship soon. So is this a uh, this impact video? James Storm gives Mickey James an offer uh, for twenty fifteen. Uh, it, it could be. It was definitely twenty fifteen, but I don't know if that's the headline for it. It's like black and white footage, and uh, I could see a train here. So let's see. Yeah. Uh, 
Let's see what's going on. <laughs> she just gets bombed. <laughs> yeah. That's <laughs> so stupid. Just I'm casually, he's <laughs> like, uh, I'm going to bump you in front of a train. Nowhere near as shocking as um, House of Cards, for anybody that's watched that show. Actually, um, Luchasaurus used to work for Impact Wrestling, didn't he, as well? And I think he got killed. I believe you. I, I didn't see that. I believe you. Uh, I'm trying to remember what it was. I don't think he was Luchasaurus at that point. He was wrestling as some other uh, gimmick instead. But uh, yeah, they there's a lot of there's a lot of killing in Sweeper. There's um it's similar to um, Lucha Underground used to do a lot of uh, killing people, like killing characters off. And the one that sticks out to my mind was one of the um they had this like snake style faction which had a Cobra Moon who's actually Thunder Rosa. But uh, she was the head of that faction, and one of the people in the faction, I think, called Vibora, and that might have actually been Luchasaurus as well, uh, got their head chopped off. <laughs> Fuck. Uh, yeah, so... so, so yeah, that's it, like mean, they took the Chubby Chubby Pee Pee thing to the next level? Yeah. Yeah, chopped a different head off. Uh, but <laughs> I think that it it's not like... It's 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 weird and it's stupid because these people then go on. But then again, it's the characters dying on the show, and it's like that's very so it's so proper. These people die, people die all the time on soap operas when they're being written off, and so the people that die come back to life. That just happens because they find some workaround because well, the actor doesn't uh doesn't find the grass is greener on the other side. And uh, comes back, and they have to find out some confusing way of saying that. I know they didn't actually die in that car crash because they fell out of the car just before it hit the wall or something. It's like their twin was the one that was there, and yeah, exactly. It's a life model decoy. (laughs) So, yeah, I wouldn't. um, So, I I, I don't think it's it's bizarre, but and it was a bizarre segment, but it's very that's impact style, and I don't really I don't object to it that much. I object the. Compared to other things that's worth objecting to Impact for, which is mainly they need to actually get fans that want to be there turning up, <laughs> which I guess is getting harder and harder to find. But uh, that is, uh, uh, yeah, it's 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 a small fish in their bigger their bigger bigger issues as a promotion. I just saw. I didn't see the video itself because I had the, it muted, but I saw a short of the just the stabbing part, and this looks so dumb. <laughs> Uh, impact has never been a thing that's translated well for me. So I can't say that I would be writing that if I were in some kind of creative control, but it's an interesting way to do it. And, um, it's quite I, funny that they're good. Oh, it's quite funny. That the next show is actually called hard to kill. Uh, yeah, he wasn't very hard to kill. He, uh, mm-hmm. they, they stabbed him. Maybe that's just the, the game plan is you're going to be like, Eric young was easy to kill, but I'm not at, you know the whatever dome and <laughs> that kind of promo i can't say though that i'm interested in eric young coming back to wwe i think what he brought to nxt you know when we play that smarts choice and it's like you know okay you can pick somebody and then the other one's got to be erased entirely from history if you erased everything that eric young did in nxt i don't think it matters i don't think it changes a single thing I mean, obviously the butterfly effect, you can change, you know, one little thing and it's going to be a big, big problem in the grand scheme of things. But 
I'm seeing that some people thinking about Killian Dane coming back and then reuniting Nikki Cross and them and bringing Sanity. I didn't really like Sanity all that much. Yeah, well, you know who did? Trips. Triple H. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, Killian Dane has some positives to him. I'd be cool with him coming back. But even he, I don't think, has really high ceiling in the grand scheme of things. And Eric Young, you know, he's not somebody who is going to be winning a world title. I don't think he's even going to be contending for an intercontinental title. For that matter, I don't think <laughs> if you really, really uh, look at the way that like the Usos have been booked and all, I don't think that Sanity would win a tag team title. So if they're going to come in there and they're going to just be the way that like Hit Row has been, I think you could save a little bit of money and maybe give it to somebody else. Eric Young's a bigger fish in a smaller pond if he's elsewhere. Eric Young can also train people. Eric Young is an invaluable resource for your company. They should hire Eric Young under any circumstance. I don't you, know about the other guys. You think it's more so about bringing him in to be part of that like, performance center? I think he deserves a sanity run, but I think he'll mostly be doing performance center stuff and be transitioning into joining his other Team Canada mate, uh, P. Williams, and producing and stuff like that. Uh, yeah, in terms of like on-screen talent, I mean, Eric Young is a very good promo. He's obviously a, a, a very good technical wrestler as well. So I don't, I don't see any harm in bringing in a guy to just come in and lose to your top name talent, like a name, a person of some name value being a jobber is totally fine. And they could bring back with sanity and have this, this, this growing collective of trio teams that no one really gives a fuck about on, uh, on a SmackDown at the moment, like this, the God of Del Fantasma and Hit Row, if you count B-Fab in there and. Yeah. The Viking Raiders and... I mean, if you just, throw in Judgment Day, you've got yourself quite a division there. And the OC and the EM. Yeah. Well, the interesting thing is they've got a, they've got this big division now that's growing. Like, the actual, like, tag team division that seems to be growing up. And yet the tag team titles are welded to a team that's never going to lose them, except to one team that we all know they're going to lose to eventually. <laughs> and that will ha- probably happen around about WrestleMania time. So, really, these teams are just there spinning their wheels forever. Yeah, I mean, I don't think that... Um maximum male models and the way that they've got like judgment day set up and all. I don't think that there's major success on the horizon anytime soon. So if sanity comes in, it's just going to be one more team. Yeah. Again, it's just a, it's the triple H approach to things at least most recently is, well, the TV itself is pretty stagnant and just things just happening and spinning their wheels, but we'll bring back this guy and that's cool. Right. It's like, most of the big things that have happened in the Triple H era have just been X nine returns from being fired. And so adding Eric Young and Killian Dane and potentially Alexander Wolf to that uh, list wouldn't exactly, uh, it, it kind of fits the mold. Would you guys like to see Wolf more in Sanity or Imperium if he were to return? And it's Sanity. I don't think he needs to be in Imperium. Imperium is good as a free, it's a free, free, t- uh, free person act. Listen, it only worked to have them fight the Undisputed Era, and only, I think, what was it, like five minutes into that match, one of them went down? Was it him that went down? Yeah, Wolf was the one that went down, yeah. Yeah, see, so, you know, maybe <laughs> Imperium is better as a three. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 yeah, I don't think that he necessarily should be brought back anyway, but if they're going to have both options, Imperium doesn't need an extra person. They're totally fine exactly the way that they are. 
never thought that he was the best fit for that. But yeah. But that's not the only person that could be potentially coming back to WWE. This is a much bigger story when it comes to this. And uh, we will kind of rope this in with our dynamite talk a little bit and then backtrack and talk about uh, Raw and NXT. So on Dynamite, we had a few things here and there that were, you know, AR Fox is confirmed to be a part of the roster. It's nobody that I'm super familiar with, but if he's good, then good. If he's bad, then you don't need him. I don't know why. There's a couple of people on the roster at this point that I'm like, I don't think, uh, I don't think they should necessarily renew those. But um, beyond the the MJF William Regal stuff, anything you guys feel like talking about when it comes to Dynamite? Um, the third match was good. I enjoy the little uh, different takes they're giving those matches. So I had fun with that. Yeah, uh, for, a, for a second, I think I thought you were thinking the third match, like on there. I was like, starts against Davari, <laughs> and then I'm like, oh, the third oh, match. Oh, and uh, Hanger. Seven. We got to talk about Hanger. You know, Hangman came back. I thought it was cool. Yeah, I've uh, brought back Hangman Page, and he's gone straight after Moxley, which makes sense because Moxley's the one that knocked him. Knocked his lights out a couple of weeks ago, so yeah. Then they had to see him back so quickly. Honestly, like Mm. he's back, and I'm glad to see it because we were all very scared for five seconds. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Uh, yeah. There's a few other things of note. Um, So that was, I mean, there was Danielson against Scott Dawson, which was great. Yeah, just you know, just Hollywood. But I understand why you said Scott Dawson. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. (laughs) It's an issue because I've well we're building your team. We'll talk about yeah. It. yeah. <laughs> doing a serious thing later on, and so yeah, that's uh, you've got that name. But oh uh, yeah, that's Hollywood, and that was that was awesome. That was a great match, and uh, Jade Cargill looked like she did. So that was something. I I hate this stupid bow wow thing. The the bow wow thing is stupid. Uh, I don't know why she's like. They need to. I know we say this a lot, but they need to you know build up some women to challenge her really because you can't just now just transition to a halfway successful rapper who doesn't really seem that interested in professional wrestling because the way he cut his promo or what you would class a promo i guess on that show which was seen to be filmed through a a cell phone from the like the 2010s (laughs) the early 2010s it was just yeah that that's not good but at least i guess at least it's a story there's a lot of good and a lot of bad on this show but the really good the good stuff was really really good and there was some stuff like the bow wow segment and a few other like backstage things or a few things like nonsense cool booking which were weird but uh i mean jake hagel likes his hat that's, <laughs> that's the that's best thing he's ever done <laughs> yeah that, that 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 is the that is his best gimmick that he likes his hat and he wants Claudio to wear his hat uh, uh, I want to recklessly, I want to recklessly speculate because yeah, they've been really. I'm going. Who the fuck is going to be Jade? I think it's going to be Sasha. I'm just going to say it. Look, I have no inside information. I know where I work. I know who I work for. I have no inside information. I think at this point it's going to be Sasha, and I'll go a step further and say they were very heavy-handed with Jade being like. Nobody is the star that I am. Nobody has the crossover appeal that I do. Well, I know one person. And that's the person who plays Costco Reeves on The Mandalorian and who's been walking New York Fashion Week. At this point, I'm going to say Sasha's coming in at some point to beat up Jade Cargill. And she's got the money outfit. 
Yeah, like I'm like they're they're really heavy handed here. Maybe that's the thing is that Tony Khan wants that to happen and he can't really, you know, jump on it yet because there's no deal in mind, but he'll just keep teasing it until he can get it or it falls through, you know? Well, I mean, first of all, if this whole Bearwell thing leads to Jacob Gill taking on Sasha Banks for the title, then I'm, I'm, I'm okay with it. It's a weird route to travel, but if it ends up with that, then it's probably worthwhile in the end. But secondly, like, Tony Khan has never demonstrated a history of teasing something and then not delivering. Like they teased the CM Punk stuff before CM Punk turned up, and they teased other other returns and other debuts, but they always follow through on it. I don't think he's any if if he is teasing it or he is trying to put that stuff into the universe, he must already have a deal. He would have to already have a deal in place or be pretty convinced that there's a deal in place. And I don't think they're deliberate. I think they're putting like some ideas out there but it's not they haven't done anything that's could be considered concrete so i guess in that respect they could like pull away from it if it doesn't turn out to go in that direction but i i think that it's it's with all the stuff that we've heard of sasha recently about the new, new trademarks and all that stuff it would make sense that that's the direction they're going in because i'm just gonna and again speculating on my behalf no information at this point, what I know is they people told those that were asking about her she can't take any wrestling bookings till January, and uh, people were told about the you know the thirty thousand dollar fee for the appearances and stuff like that. And it's at this point, she said that something is coming. She said she was taking all of November to really make all of her dreams come true. It's December now. Winter's coming usually has the big, uh, you know, surprises or big angle that you leave talking about. I think there's a chance that it could be that. And if she's not going there, I think we have to talk about her wrestling in Japan. But either way, I think by January, we will know what Sasha Banks, Mercedes, Renato is doing. I think there's a chance that she goes up against Kyrie. I do think there's a chance she could go up against Kyrie. Be pretty interesting. I'd rather see that than her in AEW. You can have both. Yeah, I'd, r- I mean, I'd rather both. True at this point. I mean, that, even in WWE at this point, it seems like they're more willing to mess around with that. But yeah, I mean, the, the Cargill stuff, I'm going to rip the Bow Wow thing again when we get to the end of the year awards because it's on my list of one of the stupidest things that's happening right now. But I, I, I couldn't care less. I really couldn't. If this leads to something great, they AEW they're finding they're finding their footing again but it's so clear like they hit a point where they had to reassess everything and I think Jade is one of the only acts they have that is solid in terms of reliable and you know what you're doing I I just want to see someone take the belt away from her already because you need to get to a point where you elevate what she's doing Thank you, by the way, for saying you couldn't care less because it's one of my major pet peeves. How almost everybody says I could care less bugs me so much. <laughs> no. I speak English. Yeah, yeah. I added that to the jokes list on the website the other day. For anybody who's wondering, I've um, been wondering if I'm missing things on the recurring jokes list, and I realized that I was definitely missing some, and I'm sure I'm missing a lot of other ones. So 
browse the jokes list and see if you can think of any that I didn't add on there that should be on there. I I was missing Big Man Buffet. I was missing uh, calling out Rob on saying, here's the thing. There's <laughs> a handful of different stuff. So let's talk about the, the main one with this. MJF unveiled a new championship belt, the Big Burberry, Big Burberry belt, the Triple B. Cut another promo about the bidding war of 2024 and all these other things that happens when it comes to championship uh, aspirations and all. And then turned on William Regal and hit him and knocked him out. And the speculation and hearsay and scuttlebutt and all that is that William Regal has an out with his AEW contract and that he is completely written off TV at this point and will be going back to WWE in some sort of a backstage role, whether that is returning to where he was in NXT, doing the talent scout stuff, and or, this is one thing that I've been hearing more today than beforehand, as a general manager character. What brand needs a general manager? <laughs> I don't know. Who you know brand that needs a general manager? Main event. Surely, yeah. couldn't be NXT. So, what? good. I, I have no issue with him go, if if he's going back to WWE and going there because it's clear that he has that long-standing working relationship with Triple H, and so he would be used as kind of. I imagine he'd be one of Triple H's right-hand men mm-hmm. throughout the entire like steering the promotion go forward. I've seen people comparing him to he'll be to Triple H what Pat. Patterson was to Vincent Man, mm-hmm. that kind Seems of relationship. Like um, but if he ends up just going to NXT and being general manager, then fuck that. Well, no, that's not the only thing he's going to do. Well, no. Um, well, well, the backstage is fine, but like... Uh, what was that you cut out? Going into, go, uh, going into the backstage stuff is fine, but just going to like your third brand and being a general manager, why doesn't he... He should just take a position on Raw SmackDown where he's actually going to get watched and seen. Because he's been killing it in AEW in that capacity. He should just be a manager of someone or, or be a general manager of Raw or SmackDown because fucking Adam Pearce does nothing anymore. You only see him, Adam Pearce, when there's a brawl going on that he needs to help clear out. So I'll say this. There are so many rumors about what are they going to do with the belts and do they want to split the brand? Putting Regal opposite Pearce on a show would help better separate the brands. Giving Walter, uh, sorry, giving, see, I did it now. Giving Gunther a manager would be tremendous because, you know, Regal, I think, would be great with him. And then there, he could also manage his son. You know, like, he's got a son. He could manage him. There's a lot for William Regal to do. The uh, I will disagree with the idea that, oh, he's going to be... Uh, Triple H is equivalent to Pat Patterson because I think that's more Sean. And I I do have this question for Callum. Does William Regal going back to WWE give you any further hope about NXT Europe? you think it might actually happen? I mean, I don't... Um, I mean, yeah, it probably is more likely to happen. I still don't care. But <laughs> I know you don't care. I don't have to. A whole other subject. <laughs> and I also say that um, I see William Regal more in the Pat Patterson role because Shawn Michaels, as evidenced by this latest episode of NXT... Sucks at his job. Shawn Michaels 
he really, really likes those weird features. And the the thing with with uh, Braun and Apollo at the diner, where they're zooming in on their <laughs> weird facial expression, <laughs> like what is that? I get what you're going for. It's not really my vibe. Maybe it's working for someone. I don't know. It's not my vibe. But, you know, he's having fun. I think we are going to get William Regal back in WWE. I I think he... It is a damn shame they couldn't reach a deal to have MJF do the first episode of Dynamite just to get William Regal back in time to yell war games. Yeah. That's really all anyone could have ever wanted. <laughs> but I think he's going to take that backstage role. I think it's basically just reverting back to where things were before. Because we don't have a general manager in NXT. And even though it's not necessarily Shawn Michaels, he's filling that role. Maybe he doesn't necessarily want to do that. Maybe he does. Maybe, you know, maybe they are fine with Shawn doing the NXT thing. And William Regal is going to be more of just the general talent scout and doing the general manager thing on Raw or SmackDown. If they do that, that could be interesting. I don't know if he would necessarily want to travel as much, but I don't know where he's living anyway. I, you know, I would assume he's probably somewhere in Florida. Most people seem to be. So that's an interesting element that, you know, it might make a big difference. Certain people don't want to travel as much and you might want to have them on SmackDown every week, but do they want to fly out? Do they want to go to, you know, to Michigan the one day and then to Colorado the next day and then this the next time and this and next time? That's a lot to, to travel around. And I'd rather see him on Raw or SmackDown than NXT at this point just to differentiate him a little bit. And, you know, I don't think that Regal's really going to bring that much more to a lot of the NXT talent. I think he could be a little bit more of like bringing people in and then kind of moving on a little bit, but I think we're going to get him in, in uh, WWE. And I, I liked what he's done with the Blackpool combat club, but I also think that they don't need him anymore. Cause it seems like that group is just basically over, which is kind of a shame. And, uh, a lot of people are criticizing the idea that MJF did this saying that the story has been all about William Regal. I feel like this is good character work for MJF. He's getting cheered and then you put him up against somebody who's getting cheered. Then you have him turn on him. It results in more booze. I don't see what the issue is. Do you guys? I think they rushed it. I'm not as mad at it because it's a special case, but I think they rushed it. I think there's so much with this world title scene that it's just felt so fragmented for so long ever since, you know, double or nothing. But it wasn't my favorite segment. I know a lot of people who did not like it at all because they feel like it's very WWE in a sense. And I think that, I don't want to use the term AEW purist, but I think fans of the original idea of AEW aren't liking the direction this is taking. But I think that's the exact purpose of the MJF character. Yeah, I. It, it it is super rushed, and if the reason it's rushed is because they've immediately decided to part ways with William Regal, and he's going to go straight to WWE, so they have had to go through this very quickly because he only turned on Moxley and aligned with MJF like less than two weeks ago, 
and now immediately MJF has split up, split up with him. And the whole thing was William Regal turning on the Blackpool Combat Club was to get him a lot of heat. And so MJF has got himself more heat by turning on a guy who's already turned heel. It doesn't really, from a logic standpoint, it's a bit confusing. It needed to, like, you know, flesh it out between these two being aligned for a little while before, or at least MJF playing off William Regal for a little while before making this turn. Uh, They've decided to do it straight away, which I guess adds shock value. And I like the nice touch of him reading the, the... his own version of the email that started this whole thing off towards William Regal afterwards. But I think that actually reading that email, the crowd cheered MJF afterwards because it's, it's, I mean, that's just the thing with MJF is that he is in many people's eyes, the greatest heel in WWE or not in WWE in in wrestling (laughs) right now, obviously not in WWE, Uh, maybe eventually after the bidding war of 2024, but they seem to present him as the biggest heel in wrestling, but he, gets cheered most of the time because people just like MJF and this was another part of it I think people it might have actually I don't want to say backfired but it might have just it might add more, more uh, cheers towards MJF or present him as more of a face in some people's eyes because he turned on a guy that turned on John Moxley so so I think from a pure character standpoint I think it it was good to establish MJF, and he set all his benchmarks for a, a champion straight away, off the gate. He said he's going to wrestle rarely. He's going to be an attraction. He's using the belt for leverage to get a huge contract. He's going to hold the title for a long time. He wants to eclipse the reigns of the other longest reigning champions of history. He said that he's going to if the reigns going to be super boring, and they're going to be desperate. People, this, this was very him. inside baseball. This was like, yeah, he basically mm-hmm. started going, I, you know, I'm going to make JBL look like, look so much better in comparison because I don't give a shit. And this is my reign of terror. And if you don't get, if you get that, it works. If you don't, I guess it still sounds all right, except for the fact that people might wonder why he's bringing up Bradshaw. <laughs> um, it, it's fine. I think to your point about him getting cheered. I think that'll stop after winter is coming when they realize this fucking guy doesn't wrestle. And I think people will get, you know, tired of it very quickly. And it could be X-Pac heat, but it might be exactly, again, it might be exactly what they're looking for. But it it feels weird as well, because he said in the the promo that he's not going to wrestle often. It's going to be a special attraction. Well, he's first going to be defending the title against Ricky Starks at Winter is Coming. And then apparently he's also going to be defending his diamond, dynamite diamond ring in a match as well. No, no, no. I think the ring is just. Yeah, I think that they're just crowning a new one. Well, no, they've. He's not in the graphic, uh, is he? No, he's not in in the Battle Royal, but the winner of the Battle Royal then faces MJF. I'm I'm pretty sure that was what was supposed to happen. I thought it was the same as what it was last time, where it was the last two people in the Battle Royal. Have a singles match. It might. I might have gotten that. To, yeah. I'm. I might. It might have been a wrong end of the stick. I, I was listening to. Well, after watching Dynamite, I was then listening to um, the Brian and Vinny show, and Brian Alvarez seemed to give the impression that, you know, huh. that that's that they that at least that's what Ethan Page seemed to be saying is that he's going to fight MJF for the the ring rather than and then challenge whoever wins the world title match for the world championship. So. Uh, I just took that as he plans on winning the Dynamite Diamond Ring, and then he's gonna beat yeah, MJF. Yeah. Okay. 
honestly like that they too. could be doing that that too you guys uh anybody that you think is going to win that dynamite diamond it shouldn't be a baby face that seems weird if it was baby face so it has to be a heel uh, who's been announced for it? Outside of uh, Ethan Page and... Uh, Dalton Castle is the name I saw. Oh, I mean, Dalton Castle will be fun. I saw Matt Hardy's been announced along with Page. So the one graphic has Ricky Starks, Ethan Page, Brian Cage, uh, Captain Sean Dean, looks like. Matt Hardy, Jungle Boy, and Dalton Castle. It would be quite funny if it was Captain Sean Dean, because he's the only guy that <laughs> seems to have MJF's number. I'm good with it. I mean, honestly, the diamond ring is a fun gimmick, but like they made it very clear it's MJF's ring. I don't know who could possibly hold it. I mean, hold it successfully. Yeah, I mean, you you have to like at least find out because MJF had that gimmick for basically since the start of AEW, so he's had it three years in a row. So I think that it's worthwhile giving it to someone else because he doesn't need it anymore. He's a world champion and he's um, set himself up with the brass knuckles now. So he doesn't need this. So someone else could definitely use it. I, I don't know who, I don't I just don't know who it fits at the moment on the roster. Like if it, the, the person that would fit actually really well, but he definitely can't be in the match. It's Christian coach. I think that he would, he would uh, do really well with that. Maybe Jay lethal. I think Jay Lethal could maybe pull it off. So I am seeing on Wrestling Observer's website, which of course, same people writing these things up, that they are trying to say that the winner challenges MJF for the ring. Yeah. If that is the case, and Ricky Starks wins it, because then he beats MJF for the ring, and then they go, oh, he beat him for the ring. Maybe he'll beat him for the title, and then MJF retains the title. Hmm. I mean, that AEW does have history of that of having like Christian beat Kenny Omega for the Impact mm-hmm. World Championship and then lose to him for the AEW World Championship. But it would seem quite weird that MJF's first match as champion he loses. But MJF does lose a lot, so and, maybe that maybe that is some uh, of their minds. I'm sure yeah. it would be like, yeah, but he's not losing the championship match, and then you know it's semantics for that. <laughs> So, so yeah, that, I, I think I guess there is a possibility if that is the approach they are going to take. I guess we need to figure out because clearly they haven't done a good job of explaining what happens or mm-hmm. what like what's going to happen with this battle royal. Like, is the winner facing MJF or do the two finalists face each other in a final tournament match? It's it clearly hasn't been explained well enough. So backtracking a little bit, then talking about some WWE Raw and uh, NXT stuff. On Raw, there were not a whole lot of things that I feel like were necessary. This is one of those uh, pay-per-view, uh, not pay-per-view, this is one of those TV shows that if you missed it, I don't think you missed anything. Like, the main event was Kevin Owens beating Jey Uso. Well, you know, nothing's on the line. It doesn't matter whatsoever, and they already fought at War Games. <laughs> so, <laughs> they're great. Yeah, big fan of Kevin Owens, big fan of Jey Uso. But it was completely inconsequential. And plenty of the other matches were the same. You know, the Street Profits are back. Awesome. And they have a match against Alpha Academy. Great talent. Doesn't matter. <laughs> Kedis Lerae beat Dakota Kai. Nothing really going on too much there. 
Dexter Loomis beat the Miz, so he's got his uh his contract and the money was something that he was just giving away. Johnny Gargano, of course, was involved in that, but I feel like this was a very do nothing episode of Raw. Every episode of Raw is a do nothing episode of Raw <laughs> in the Triple H era. It's it's so boring that nothing happens on these shows. Like you had Becky Lynch come back and she walked out in the crowd and cut a good promo, and then Bailey came out to challenge her and they fought backstage. But basically, Becky took out pretty much all the members of. Uh, damage control yeah. pretty single-handedly. much single-handedly which is what this is what damage control are now they're just free dumbo heels that just get beaten up all the time by wherever the top baby face is so i guess the one benefit out of it is that we're finally going to get a proper one-on-one singles match between the heel bailey and the baby face becky lynch which we haven't really seen out of the four horsewomen they're the ones that have interacted the least so at least that's something a bit fresher I think that, yeah, but all the other stuff like Dexter Loomis and The Miz, they finally had their big blow-off match and it meant jack shit. Like, there's, yeah, there's really not a lot going on on these shows. I think they're very much in that lull period where they're just like, look, Royal Rumble's coming up in two months. Yeah, but that sucks. I know. Believe me, this is uh, one of the issues that I've had dating to when we finally figured out the pay-per-view schedule where I was like, you know, SummerSlam and Clash of the Castle and Crown Jewel and Survivor Series. You're kind of you're not you're you're lumping it all in in a shorter time frame and then leaving a big gap. I don't think Royal Rumble needs two months. Like you know, WrestleMania, we get that February pay per view. Sometimes it's Fastlane, sometimes it's Elimination Chamber, whatever. That is usually a good follow up to the Royal Rumble, and then we've got the majority of March to just build up for Mania. And some people in their minds are like, we should only have like four pay-per-views a year or so, which you look at what AEW does. Sometimes they end up stretching things way too long too. But I don't think Royal Rumble needs that because Royal Rumble is pretty much 30 people do it. There you go. And anyone (laughs) who says, well, quarterly pay-per-views are better. It works if your television structure also works with it. You can do Quarterly pay-per-views when you're doing the occasional major TV episode a la, you know, Road Rager or Winter's Coming. And you can also do it when, like WWE back in the day, they had one-hour programs. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's digestible content and occasionally you get your big WrestleMania. You can't do three hours of Raw where you're sitting on your hands. Yeah. you can't, and that's where I go. Do I want the TLC pay per view? No, but do I think we need a buffer between Survivor Series and the Rumble? Yes. You can't because they're just going to stretch it out, and then they're still going to manage to go eight days for the pay per view. We have no idea what's happening at the right. Royal Rumble. That's one of the things that's some of the most frustrating things for me because it's like it's not just that it's three hours of Raw; it's three hours of Raw and two hours of SmackDown for weeks. Like we just got this for the tail end of November into there. We're going to get another five hours on the fifth and the ninth, another five hours on the 12th and the 16th, another five hours on the 19th and 23rd, another five hours on the 26th and 30th, another five hours on the second and the sixth, another five hours on the ninth. That's why I made the the comment that like, Hey, what do you do with Roman Reigns? I know if 
the baby faces win war games, you do they all get shots at the title. That way you can have special episodes of SmackDown. Because that's another thing. This is where you're really gonna feel oh shit. Roman's not really around. And it just it's gonna feel like a lull and you'll get over it quick as soon as you know you can see you the Royal Rumble coming. But it's it's just a slog and I have no interest. I have no interest in sitting through so much of filler content. For uh for context of this, just the Raw and SmackDown episodes that we are that we haven't gotten yet leading up to the Royal Rumble is forty hours of material. The first entire phase of the MCU, like everything leading up to the Avengers, is only twelve. And the, it's like look. the second phase is twelve. The third phase is twenty-four. So it is just 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 shy shorter. of everything leading up from Iron Man to Spider Man Far From Home. <laughs> And they watch like, all that and you get all that content for the build of what is essentially we don't know the 30 people that are going to go in there but isn't it interesting that Royal Rumble's coming up and everybody's like yeah I'm just, I, you know you don't need any build for that you just say Royal Rumble and everybody's going to be watching it so I, I if we get some more episodes like this it's going to be very easy to tune them out and I'm just going to say this because this is a report that I think Meltzer came out with today if you're telling me all this, especially when you break it down like that, and your game plans for Dwayne Johnson doing the Royal Rumble, come on. You know, like, that's not great. It's great in the moment. It's great in chunks. Like I've been saying with the Bray Wyatt stuff, it's great years from now. We can just digest it as needed. But when you're trying to sit through it in the moment, doesn't make for compelling content. Yeah, because, I mean, if we'd spend 40 hours leading up to Kevin Owens versus Roman Reigns, and then they go, by the way, The Rock's here, and then you go, oh, there we go, that's what we're going to get for the next February, March to April. Then they just move on, and then you've spent over 40 hours building up something that they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah never mind. It's a shame. Because um, there are obviously tons and tons of talented people and all, but this lull period is something that they got to fix. I think, I think, you can knock people like Rollins as champion. You can knock people like, you know, when Kofi was champion. You can knock, you can knock all of that. But I think it would best suit them to start re-educating people to full-time champions. That way, people can feel like the weekly shows matter. Will they be super impactful? Will it be like watching Rock and Austin every week? No, of course not. But you need to feel like your shows matter. And at this point, I think that's something even the Cena era had that this era is missing. So then on the NXT side of things, just to finish this out, I don't have anything else for our hot tags, at least. I don't know. Maybe we'll come across something in the spur of the moment. But on NXT, we got a handful of adjustments to the NXT deadline card being these backstage things with um, Shawn Michaels, Alondra Blaze, Molly Holly, X-Pac, and Road Dog that were all basically saying, here are the people that really care about in NXT right now. <laughs> you know, they're talking about 
people like Joe Gacy and Grayson Waller and uh, a laundry list of different people. Some of them that got included already in the Iron Survivor Challenge and some people who oddly were missing from there. Like I was surprised that they didn't mention a few other names, but they settled on all but one name for each. There's going to be a wild card match that will set that up for... I think it's next week is when they're going to do the wild card thing. It makes sense. I mean, we're just in that time frame. But one thing that I thought was pretty interesting was they made it a point to say that Tony D'Angelo is not yet ready to compete. And that's why they didn't want to put him in the Iron Survivor Challenge. And that Axiom is not yet ready to compete. And that's why he's not in the Iron Survivor Challenge. Yet Axiom wrestled later on in the same show. And then later on, Past that point, Tony D'Angelo was like, "Oh yeah, by the way, I'm totally cleared." <laughs> I'm like, "Okay, that's um contradictory information there." But yeah, we got some decent stuff. I still think that the Andre Chase University stuff is a lot of fun. Uh, we got you know following up some different feuds like Keanu James and Fallon Henley. Dijak beat Dante Chen just to give him a little bit of a here's a win for the sake of it. Von Wagner's feuding with Malik Blade over Malik Blade's sweater thing. You know. I think the way that they did the toxic attraction thing was pretty blah. Uh, for anybody who didn't see it, they were going to have a match against Nikita Lyons, Katana Chance, and Caden Carter. Zoe Stark went out, attacked Nikita Lyons, and then they said, well, we'll just do it later. And then they did the match, and it was just sort of double-dipping. And I'm not the biggest fan of that because I don't think that that really did too much. Lions took a pinfall. She had gotten attacked ahead of time. All right. Nikita Lions spin kicked thin air, and I have seen that clip hundreds of times already of Nikita Lions just kicking nothing, <laughs> looking like she was spinning into nothing. Callum, did you see this? Oh, I saw it, but I know well. I know what she was trying to do, which was. It was she was going to go fault. for a spin kick, and it and, well, no, she was supposed to. Well, it wasn't Manny's fault. It was, she was supposed to collapse on her standing leg because that was the leg that was injured. So she was meant to miss. She was she was meant to miss the spin kick. She was meant to like crumple on the floor and get injured. But she decided to do it as if she was doing a basement drop kick, like she just leaped in the air and fell down. So it yeah, definitely but I wasn't. Think if Mandy would have at least stood up. So that it could have looked like she was going to hit her. It just looked like Mandy was just kind of sitting on the apron watching her jump and kick at nothing. It just looked so ridiculous. I mean, I'll, I'll keep saying this because some people on Twitter just seem to point this out whenever there's an AEW mistake. This place needs a performance center. It needs something to train these people how to actually wrestle. But, but yeah, I mean, the whole show... I mean, like there's some there's again there's some good things like the Chase University stuff is at least fun, but I would say that if we just add another hour to this, it's it's as bad as Raw. Like it's like the 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 only benefit this has over Raw is that it's an hour shorter. Like some of the segments, some of the storytelling, some of the booking is just goofy beyond belief. But spending fifteen minutes of five old people in a room talking about which wrestlers should be in their really stupid gimmick match they put together just yeah I, I i'm surprised well let's put, put it this way if they weren't still in head-to-head competition with AEW, they definitely would have tuned out at that point but yeah it's a uh, it's not it's not a good show at the moment and the five the four people well, they've cho- 
imagine that they sat in the room for however long they sat in the room and they only got to four people each yeah <laughs> they still couldn't even pick the fifth person but so so obviously we decided i don't think did we actually say who the four people are for each match? yeah tony did okay you did, didn't you? Uh, yeah, no, I'm not actually sure. no, no, I didn't actually like no, say. Okay. Said, I said that they had yeah. settled on this. So, so the four people that they put for the men are Carmelo Hayes, Grayson Waller, J.D. McDonough, and Joe Gacy. The wild card is going to be Andre Chase, Axiom, or Von Wagner. So Axiom gets the so spot, weird. but Tony D'Angelo doesn't. <laughs> Again, that's, that's very weird. Three people to choose, mm-hmm. which I assume is just going to be Von Wagner and that Andre Wagner Chase. Again. Um, Takes the pinfall, you know. Yeah, I mean, it shouldn't be Von Wagner because Von Wagner's just had his title shot, so he shouldn't be in that again. Axiom will be weird. It really should be just on the strength of the segments recently. It should be on Drag Chase, just because his segments are fun. What could be interesting? I could. What I'd be down for: Andre Chase wins, and then they do an angle where he gets replaced by Duke Hudson. And it's kind of like, you know, oh, I, I can step in and do it for you, Mr. Chase. You know, like, I think that that would be yeah, good. That would be good. I mean, I mean, realistically, it doesn't matter in the grand scheme of things because Carmelo Hayes is definitely winning that match. I think it's Grayson Waller. Well, I, I feel pr- it should be Carmelo. I mean, it's one of those two. Let me put it to you like this. they're not going to do JD again and they're not going to do Jagace again. Put it to you like this. It should be Carmelo... And I'll say the same thing when we get to the women. And if it's not this person, they called them up to the main roster. It should absolutely be Carmelo, and Carmelo needs to be Ron Breaker, and we need to move on from Ron Breaker. Ron Breaker's fine. He's just very boring. <laughs> he's bland. Because he's just a guy. You know, it's the same as with a lot of people. You know, Carmelo Hayes doesn't have a gimmick like Papa Shango or. Kane or you know something that's crazy but he's got more character than a lot of other people do so he makes it more entertaining and um Braun Breaker is just like hey I'm a wrestler so outside of just wrestling what do you do fish <laughs> on the women's side Cora Jade Kiana James I was a little bit surprised about that one Roxanne Perez and Zoe Stark are the ones that are already in there and then the wild cards are Fallon Henley Indy Hartwell and Wendy Chu so it's going to be Wendy Chu because she got the thing with Cora. Um, and I didn't say who I thought it would be on the men. It's Axiom, obviously. He's the only one they spotlighted in their discussion. So it'll be Axiom. No, they talked about can... Wagner. Uh, Actually, yeah, they might have they might have talked about Andre Chase, too. I don't remember for sure, but I know that they talked about Wagner. Cause, um, I remember them spending like five minutes on Axiom just so they could knock the one, two, three kid from being small. Yeah, the uh, like, Andre Blaze was like talking shit about Wagner. <laughs> She was just like, ah, oh, he's missing something, whatever. Yeah, uh, the format was in again. They like these features and they're interesting, but they're weird. They're all weird to me. And um, go ahead, go. I said the to about the women's competitors, the women segment, the the women's that selected like Roxanne Perez and Cora Jade and Zoe Stark all make sense, even though the Zoe Stark is feuding with Nikita Lance, and so. She can't win this, and she probably yeah. needs to get taken out by Nikita Lyons in the match itself. That's what I think so, is going to happen. I think that that pretty much is why she's not in the match, too, is so she can interfere. It'd be weird if... It, I mean, I, I agree with Rob that it probably will be Wendy, too, just because she does have the thing going on with Cora. But, 
that it'd be weird with how everything that Indy Hartwell's been doing has been based around trying to get into this match and trying to be taken more seriously and she's not in the match. But then again, that could fuel, continue to fuel her feelings of inadequacy and push her even further down the heel path that she's currently treading. I'm going to ask it every week until someone gives me a damn answer. Why isn't she on the main roster with the rest of the people she's been interacting with? <laughs> it's hard. Well, I'll, keep, I'll, I'll keep asking my follow-up question to that. Why is she employed? She sucks. I'm not going to advocate for someone getting fired, but I will advocate for someone at least being put on the roster with the rest of the people they've been interacting with, especially when you didn't actually break up Dexter and Indy. You had him go to jail, but you know people stay together <laughs> outside of that. I mean... It's funny that you guys are on those ends and I'm pretty much dead set in the middle. I'm like, you know, she's not bad enough to release her, but I don't think she's good enough to go to the main roster yet. (laughs) Like, I think she, it makes sense if she would go to the main roster to me just because she's been there long enough. But at the same time, I'm like, she could use a little bit more seasoning. So I'm cool with her sticking around in the next day. I don't know, man. So, (laughs) So out of the options, Roxanne should win. Oh yeah, match. yeah. She definitely should. Yeah, Keanu Jones is, weird, is a weird selection, but I guess they they have somewhat been pushing her. Like she does feature quite prominently. She's not very good. I like her more than most. Yeah, but a lot of the women in NXT can't wrestle. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's why I don't hold that against her because you know she's fun. Thea Hale should be in this. She's a fucking blast. She's the best character on this show. She just eats every scene that she's in she's just completely the star of the show she she's my favorite thing to watch because she just let me at him mr chase i got him i love it <laughs> fun she's the only character on the show that's fun oh and the um there was also the confirmation that lyra Valk- valkyria is that how we're pronouncing yeah it, you were right tony, tony was right <laughs> that it's Eva valkyrie so <laughs> Yeah, for some reason they are calling Sarah Logan Valhalla, which is weird. Yeah. I mean, it's, but, you know, uh, it's not the weirdest name that they've ever come up with, but. Yeah. But, but, but yeah, it's good to see. It, well, it's good to add some fresh blood into the women's division that can, that has a proven track record of being decent at wrestling. So that, that, that will add something. So that, uh, that's my breakdown of the hot tags. I don't think there's anything else really noteworthy for us to talk about. If there is and we missed something, let us know in the comments below. We'll factor that into next week or, you know, just leave a comment in response to. And, um, you know, the plenty of other stuff happening over the next few days, I'm sure, with even just like the TV stuff. You know, we got like Santos Escobar against Ricochet. Did not expect Ricochet to still be in this World Cup at this point, but maybe that's the plan is to do that. But, um, yeah, it's happening tonight. So I'm real sure quick there's... about that, I had forgotten until Santos shared a picture that he was in Lucha Underground as King Cuerno, and they're running that back, and I think that that's fun. I love the Lucha Underground. Still have not seen three minutes of it. That's. I think you would have enjoyed it. Maybe, yeah. It always seemed like it was kind of interesting, but yeah, too much wrestling stuff. If I get an opportunity to watch something else, I always take the know. opportunity. <laughs> so, um, yeah. As we uh, start rolling into some of the other things for the next podcasts and stuff, we've got the NXT deadline pay-per-view point predictions that are happening next week. We're going to talk about the ROH final battle stuff as well. I still don't know how we're going to do that post-show. 
if it's just going to be me trying to watch two pay-per-views at the same time and do like six different posts at the same time and then all the title changes and all i don't know the current game plan is to do a combined post show and just talk about both pay-per-views at the same time but that can be a mess so yeah if you got a preference between those two and you want us to focus on one or the other let me know that as well and we'll take that into consideration go ahead and vote on that fan feedback survey reminder for that and stay tuned to everything else that's happening here on smartcomemo.com We've got, of course, our Facebook and Twitter accounts at Smartout Moment and everything else that you can find for not just Smartout Moment, but also Fanboys Anonymous are all at amangotree.com or anthonymango.com. You'll see a big link tree of a whole bunch of different things, including my Facebook and Twitter accounts at Tony Mango. And of course, if you're following what I've got going on, you should also be following what these guys have going on. Rob? Yep, follow me everywhere at Dude Felice. That's on Twitter, Twitch, and Instagram. Dudefleece.com coming by 2023, we will say. Before then, who knows? I'm hoping it'll be around before WrestleMania 39. We're on 9, right? At 39, and um, just keep supporting me. I'm now on Inside the Ropes. So I added another website that I write for. So follow my stuff there. Follow my stuff on Fightful. Follow my stuff on WrestleZone. And just keep supporting me. And I appreciate every single one of you that does. Callum? So you can find me on Twitter at Wigmeister14. Check out uh, smartcomemo.com where you'll find my week's week contribution, the power rankings, going up every single Saturday. You can also find Fantasy League at www.fantasyleague.com as well as by clicking through the Smart Moment website and just checking the Fantasy League tab and clicking through there. We can see who's been picking up points every single week for our wrestlers, our particular teams, as we move on towards the Royal Rumble, which is a, a big event in terms of uh, point scoring action. So we'll uh, yeah, just keep following up until then, all the way up till WrestleMania 39 when we bring it to a close. Alrighty, everyone. So that's it for this episode of the Hot Tags. Thank you, of course, for listening and for all of your support in whatever fashion that it might be. And we will see you next time. But for now, this is another Smart Out moment, and we are being counted out.